Hello everybody, welcome back to Chevere Min School. This episode is super special and very exciting to me because I'm going to be talking to the founder of a very new brand called Loti. Loti actually just launched last this past week. Um, so it's been a really exciting first week for pre-orders. So not only will we be talking to Loti, who's the founder, but she'll be telling us everything about this amazing brand that's all made in Peru, which is obviously something that I love. Um, but also, you know, she really, really focused on creating something that had a positive impact on our planet. So everything has been made from upcycled cotton shirts, um, turned into beautiful dresses, shirts, and I mean, you just have to hear the story to fall in love with it, just like I did. But very excited about this episode. So thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, here's Loti and her story. Hello. Ah, hola, how are you? Bien, ¿cómo estás? Bien. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this. I feel like I'm meeting a friend that I've never met before, but a friend. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Peruvian. I love it. I know. We, I think we also have a lot of friends in common, but we can talk about that okay. on our own time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, tell us everything. I want to kind of get a, get a bit of a backstory of you and the brand and I mean, everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of like the very beginning. So it feels like very exciting to talk about it. Yeah. Because I actually don't talk about my brand that much out loud. I feel like I'm working all the time on it, but like don't get to talk about it as much. So it feels yeah. like really fun and refreshing to like have somebody ask me questions. So I'm yes. very excited. I'm very intrigued. So this is awesome. <laughs> now that I'm like very into podcasts and listening to a ton, I feel like a lot of people in fashion have a similar, you know, I wanted to be a fashion designer since I was a baby. And I can definitely relate to that. Like I did all the shebang mm-hmm. of the making clothes for your barbies and like you know I did my <laughs> high school fashion show and all that all that jazz and I did go to school for fashion I went to okay. SCAD and I studied fashion design and fibers um and then I moved to LA for what I thought was going to be just an apprenticeship and then I would okay. go to New York um, which was where I did all my <laughs> internships and I had all my contacts but I got uh I applied for a job here at Andalus Stories which was kind of like my dream company I like loved it mm-hmm. at the time I still do <laughs> um, and I was sure I wasn't gonna get that job and I ended up getting the job so I just stayed in LA and I fell in love with California the lifestyle here generally I mean it is great I miss it a lot <laughs> so did you grow up in Peru or yeah yeah I grew up in Peru oh should I go that back yeah I grew yeah. up in Peru and I moved to <laughs> Florida when I was 15 okay so and I kind of never moved back but my family's still there so I go back a lot and I meet all my friends but I've been in the states now for uh, what like 12 10 years to 12 years I don't know it feels like a lifetime wow (laughs) I mean it is that's crazy but I really love and I'm sure you'll get to this later in the episode but I really love that your brand is centered around Peru in a way so that's really awesome that you were able to kind of like combine both your LA self and your heritage (laughs) oh yeah that was like as soon as I kind of figured out that I wanted to make a brand I knew I was gonna do it in Peru it felt like a win-win because Peru is such a apparel and textile hub and also like you know I I definitely want to kind of inject 
cash flow back to what feels important and purposeful, which to me is my Peru community. Yeah. And even while I was living there, I was like very much in touch with like the textilerias, like these like textile mills. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's your your listeners. If you look at some of your clothing tag, I bet you'll find a ton of like oh, made in Lima, sure. made in Peru, especially like Pima cotton um, and whatnot. A lot of stuff, you know, textile wise and apparel wise is made in Peru. So mm-hmm. I wanted that to be an uh, important part of my brand. But I actually... I was really vocal for a long time about how I did not want to start a brand and <laughs> that wasn't for me. And I wanted to climb the corporate ladder at this, you know, fictitious company that was very sustainable and had like a really creative design team. And I mean, I'm sure that exists. So I haven't found it. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe we're going in that direction, but it isn't necessarily something that's established right now, I would say. Totally. Um, so it was great until it wasn't. And when yeah. it wasn't, I was just really having a hard time thinking that this was going to be my life. Um, mm-hmm. So I began thinking about all the things that I could do for a fashion business, because again, I had never thought about doing anything else really. Um, <laughs> um, and so I, I came up with the same roadblock every time I thought about all the different things I wanted to do just the idea of starting a fashion line that was creating new clothes from new material did not feel fulfilling and it felt kind of like the same that I was doing working at these other companies Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really challenging figuring out exactly what I wanted to do within you know the fashion umbrella and of course I really yeah of course I looked into recycling and then came across upcycling, which I was familiar with, but I definitely saw it as more of like a craft thing or a very like one yeah, yeah. 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 Which how I think you, is how are you familiar with it? Just like from your own kind of like playing around with stuff where you had like worked on it. Yeah. I mean I had I had upcycled I like clothing oh, items before for myself. Okay. Okay. Love it. Um yeah. as a true designer. <laughs> <laughs> for myself and for others. But it was very much like a fun thing that I was doing I never saw it as you know a career yeah or anything like that but I mean there are so many cool designers out there upcycling already Mm -hmm. which was very inspiring but thinking of a way to make that somewhat scalable felt really like scary and challenging and I didn't know if I could do it so I was having a conversation with a friend and I told her that and she said challenging and and difficult generally is a good thing and you should do it if you feel yeah. like it's going to challenge you and it's going to be difficult so That's that was definitely an aha moment and the <laughs> a compass that kind of guided me into figuring out what Loti was going to be mm-hmm. um, wow. <laughs> what a great I, friend <laughs> yeah yeah she's great um that's amazing so was I, it hard to go from there to kind of like making it a real thing because I'm sure it took so long to you know go from like an idea in your head to like okay it's happening yeah even to get to the idea of what Loti is right now it took me a year and to make it happen it took me another year so Loti's really been like two years in the making wow can't wait for it to launch yeah it's coming up um (laughs) but since the day that I bought the shirts I actually the first thing that I did for Loti was 
buy these shirts. I went to a Goodwill. Um, I was going to Goodwills a lot just because I thought I was going to be upcycling um, thrifted and vintage, vintage pieces and kind of reworking them. And that would be the start of my brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but one in one of the visits that I went to Goodwill, they I kind of became really fixated at the men's shirts aisle section, which was by far the most packed, the most like beautifully like presented, but the most <laughs> empty also. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Interesting. And it, fe- it almost felt like a blank canvas of all of these like white and pastel shirts. Yeah. I, I even asked one of the associates, I was like, do these shirts like get sold? And he kind of like laughed and said, I mean, not really. Um, right. So that day I actually bought like around 300 shirts. It was just like, no way. it felt like it felt, it felt right. It, I had no idea what I was going to do with them. Wow. Um, but I did make a commitment to myself, you know, to spend at least six months because it, they cost <laughs> like 300 shirts is not cheap. <laughs> of course. Um, I so did. I made a commitment to myself that I would kind of try to figure out because this seemed like a good canvas to work on through upcycling. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that day to the day that I uh, screen printing them, which unifies them and making these dresses oh, and what cool. kind of clothing I was going to make, that took an entire year. Yeah, I yeah. bet. I was actually going to ask you, like, how did you find shirts that matched the prints? But like, ah, now that, you oh. say that, that makes so much sense. Like, that must have been so hard. <laughs> Dude, Danny, so many people ask me that. And it's, it's so you people assume that they, I find them with the print, which is you know it's it's so cute (laughs) like I wish (laughs) you're like you don't even know the half of it (laughs) no and actually the screen printing is like such a big part um of the manufacturing process and it really does take a lot more time and effort to get that done Mm -hmm. so can you tell us more about that so once you find the shirts like what's the next step um so we get the shirts they are all disassembled washed first (laughs) disassembled (laughs) um into the individual panels so each shirt is five different panels mm-hmm. um, and then these panels get screen printed and then this is the material that is used to create the pieces mm-hmm. um, so it is a very unconventional um, manufacturing line of processes <laughs> um, nothing that. like what I've nothing like what I've worked on in the past so that was really mm-hmm. challenging and especially working with I work with independent um, seamstresses and screen printers. So they all kind of have their own little like atelier they work out of. Um, And streamlining that process was very difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Are they in Peru or in LA? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is the whole, we have three teams that we work with. We have our main team that kind of assembles all the garments and that's Mm -hmm. Noria and his atelier. It's like him and two other girls. Um, and then, I mean, it's great because we are, all of the transactions are like directly to them. Like it's super transparent. Like they, um, can talk to me. I can talk to them. Like it's, there's no middleman in that sense. Yeah. So that's that's really nice. Mm -hmm. And then our second team is works with all the scraps that they, that the first team creates. And that's our zero waste products, which right now we're working on bucket hats and scrunchies. So they use that. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like, as soon as we started making these dresses, I mean, as much as we tried to make it like, zero waste, um, zero waste, it's it's really difficult to make zero waste, like now I'm kind of 
understanding that the words zero, the term zero waste is definitely thrown a, around a lot and not it does not necessarily mean zero waste yeah i mean you know you've, you've, heard, the, you've heard the episode so like my conversation with janelle from j rat yeah she does zero waste and she was talking about how like it's very hard and like yeah the word gets thrown around a lot and like misunderstood by a lot of people but in reality it's like way more complex than it seems yeah absolutely um so i wanted to you know if, if my whole concept is to reduce textile waste um, I really wanted to use those pieces. Um, I mean, we are setting aside the threads and pieces that are smaller than 2CM by 2CM for a different project because th those are too hard for us to use for the scrunchies and the bucket hats, but everything else um, okay, cool. is directed back to our second team, which is Luz and her sister, and they're nice. great. <laughs> and then our last team is the screen printers, which is Ruben and his wife, and they work together out of their house. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and they're our team. So it is a that. web <laughs> of independent kind of, you know, artists in a way. I really love that because that's something that I think is so important to do with people in countries like Peru. Like all these people have so much skill, so much talent, and they're mm -hmm. not getting to share their craft with people in other countries who will appreciate it a lot more, I guess. Like, in a way, it's like, they're so used to it that they don't see it as, like, special as it really is. I'm, like, always so impressed. I'm like, that's so cool. Like, more people in the world should see this. So it's really great that you're, you're you know, helping them get more visibility, I guess. Definitely. And like, I, I have dreams about the things that we can do with them um, and like showcase their work even more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's been it's been really nice to work with them and like get That's to know amazing. them throughout this process. Yeah. And are you basically the one designing all of the, the dresses or is that also something you do with like te the teams or right, they're just no. you make them? I am designing all the dresses and by all the dresses, wow. I mean all of our two styles. <laughs> because we are <laughs> all the dresses. <laughs> we have two, two dresses and two tops, but I mean, they have, they weren't, you know, they weren't two dresses and two tops from the start. It's been like uh, so many iterations and so many designs mm -hmm. to get to this like perfect design that I feel like I would want to wear all the time. Yeah, I mean, I love the sleeves of the, of the one long dress are beautiful. Ah, that's like my um, favorite part of that dress. <laughs> yeah, but I really like it. I was going to ask you like what your hardest part has been like as a designer, because, you know, I I think it can get super, it's a, such an exciting process that you can quickly be like, okay, I want to make like this pants and this shirt and this whatever, like blouse and jacket. And sometimes you have to kind of like step back and like start with, start small to actually you know not 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 only established but like hear what your con consumer wants as well so like I'm wondering how that process was for you to kind of decide on the designs and were you just kind of like going based off of what you like or what was that process like I mean I knew I wanted to have a small assortment from the start cool. just because like from again working in the industry just these collections that are so many pieces and I really wanted to make sure that the pieces that I was offering were like 100% what I want mm -hmm. um and I definitely selfish I do some selfish designing um I mean it has to stick to you so it's it's normal right, <laughs> right. um so in a way I am making I, I mean everything that I've made so far is stuff that I want to wear so yeah. I, there's like a, a connection between me and my you know target ideal customer <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I I kind of wanted, I, as I said, for like from moving to LA, my uh, style has kind of evolved and I wanted to showcase that in Lodi. Um, I think now I'm in the middle of being like feminine and but also being like laid back and easy and kind of like effortless. Yeah. So that's that's what I want the clothing at Lodi to represent. So like, mm -hmm. for example, you mentioned the the sleeves, which is a puff sleeve, not regularly something very Love feminine it. and girly, but this is a dropped puff sleeve. So by making it not sit at the shoulder, it feels to me like less girly and less, totally. you know, yeah. Um, yeah. So it feels agreed. a little easier to wear, yeah. at least to me. <laughs> um, so kind of that intermediate of like still having all these like feminine details, um, but leaving room for it to not feel so put together all the time just a little more throw on a little more effortless which is like the love general it. vibe of the brand <laughs> yeah no I love it um and I mean obviously the the dresses are beautiful and the products are are great but I I fell in love with Loti after hearing your like genuine passion for upcycling and you know caring for the planet and making something that has more of an more of an impact than just you know a piece of clothing and after hearing like you say that that was kind of like the reason why you decided to step away from climbing the corporate ladder it it makes sense a lot um so yeah can you tell us a little more about like upcycling for people who might be not be super familiar with it um and why you think it's so important to to make it a part of your brand yeah i mean i wasn't like totally um informed of what upcycling really was I think we're all really used to hearing the word recycling yeah, um, totally. but not so much upcycling so mm -hmm. like the main difference between upcycling and recycling is that when you recycle something let's say paper or even like cotton or any fabric you're breaking down the material to it's like building blocks or fibers in this case um, and when yeah. you upcycle something which for recycling that usually requires using water and electricity and other natural resources chemicals mm -hmm. i mean in no way am i not advocating for recycling but like we have to yeah. be conscious of what it entails um right and with upcycling you're not changing the state of the material it remains the same so in our case we are upcycling these shirts the material the cotton is still there we are embellishing it with screen printing but it is not being broken down Mm -hmm. um, and usually upcycling uh, kind of leads to a new piece of higher um, environmental or aesthetic value. Oh, that's that's awesome. the general consensus around the upcycling and the difference. Yeah, that's amazing. Has that been um, like challenging, I guess, to kind of like bring into the brand or have, has it felt very natural? I actually think it's what built the brand. I mean, our aesthetic yeah. is inspired by these beautiful textiles that we are kind of showcasing and, you know, um, mm -hmm. giving the second life to. So I don't think Loti would be what it is without the upcycling component of these textiles. That's amazing. Yeah, so I oh, think I our, it. like it's totally informed our aesthetic in every way, shape and form. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. And I also think it's it's important to kind of pay attention to who is doing this. Like you are a very new brand, like the collection hasn't even launched. I don't know if maybe by the time this goes live, it will. <laughs> but um, but I think it, it, it gives it even more, um, it makes it even more special. Like I, I really love that 
anyone who you know hits add to cart and checks out on Lottie is actually bringing you know a smile to your face versus checking out from H&M or whatever you may be doing you know yeah so I think there's something about supporting small brands that are also thinking about things like upcycling that makes it so much better um but yeah so I, I also wanted to kind of ask about that businessy side of things like <laughs> the the less fun oh my because, god you, know, you are starting like a, a brand based on like a really important like Im- Im- like a really big impact that you want to create Um, but it's just you so how has that been like has, has there been any oh like big <laughs> I guess like lessons or challenges I'm sure there have but <laughs> uh, everything everything has been a lesson or everything has been a challenge to be honest I mean yes I'm doing this on my own but I think for some reason like through my life experiences I've met so many people that in one way or another have come in and you know collabed or helped or I, I don't totally sometimes I feel like I'm doing this alone but for the most part I don't you know I have friends that are in photography and graphic design and you know you name it like all the things that I even like finance and all these other businessy things that we're kind of talking about um <laughs> they all come in to help in one way or another so I truly have That's not great. felt like I'm, I'm I'm struggling with my answer because now I I mean I do spend most of my days alone <laughs> working on Loti but like for the big moments <laughs> I think a lot of people come together to make them happen um, that's so great and that's that's been like such a pleasure to work with my friends that I always you know they're so talented and like I feel very lucky to know such talented people I think that's not a coincidence but you know Not at all. I think you definitely attract. You attract the the energy you put out, you know, and you're being so hard intentional with what you're doing that you're attracting the same kind of people, which right. is great. But um, whole... and I really like. Oh wait, go Sorry, ahead. Go... <laughs> I was gonna say the whole business side of it. I mean, has been really tough. I think it's been the most difficult part. And when you kind of when I embarked on like starting Loti, I spent so much time figuring out. The actual product and what was gonna what the brand stood for and what was our message and all these things mm-hmm. and then once you put it all together you're like wow now I actually have to sell this <laughs> right like how do I do this <laughs> yeah yeah and that's been I think like the that second year of trying to figure out like how is this actually gonna go into the world <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot more than than people think but I also think that the the heart of the brand is so clear that that is what ultimately attracts people. I hope, like, that's my hope, especially <laughs> with this podcast, like, to show, like, the kind of behind the the scenes that, like, the stories, you know, behind mm-hmm. the brands. And I think people should start shopping more based on that than on just what they can see. Absolutely. So that's my hope. <laughs> It, like, feels more fun. I don't know. Like, now I totally. see my money as, like, this, like, incredible voting power that I have. And I can choose to support X, Y, and Z that. versus other businesses. And every time I, you know, purchase from a small business or whatever, um, it just, it feels really personal. It feels, like, really rewarding. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, and I really like that you have also um, kind of taken the space to share through your Instagram some other brands that are also being kind of conscious. And I, I forget what you call the series. I think it's like a cheat sheet or something. <laughs> yeah, a cheat sheet. Just because I 
it's since so I started cute. the Instagram, so many people and friends and strangers, you know, have been messaging me like, oh, who do you recommend for this type of dress? Or who do you recommend? Like, I'm going on a trip. I need some bathing suits. Like, who do you recommend? So I was like, oh, I mean, it, the information is out there, but like, it, this is like a cheat sheet. So you can just re reference that and make mm -hmm. good decisions. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's like really cool that you... Because sometimes people can be afraid of like, oh, like that's competition or whatever. But like, ultimately, it isn't. And no. it's really cool that you're sharing, you know, what, what you think people should be supporting. So that's we're awesome. all doing our own thing, ultimately. And like, I mean, there's, of course, there's ev every brand gets copied sometimes and whatnot. But I kind of see it like if I ever do get copied, like I'm already thinking of what's next for me. So no one that's can awesome. copy like what hasn't happened yet. So as long as we're all kind of moving forward and supporting each other I mean I don't think competition needs to even be in the picture yeah wow that's amazing so what is next you don't have to give us a real <laughs> I mean answer, I but... can totally give you a real answer because what is next is the launch <laughs> like that is what is yes. coming up and again I, yeah short term, yes. we don't know yeah short term short term but it feels like a long time coming um so maybe this podcast will play before or after but every waking second of my life is being dedicated to this launch. <laughs> like right before we started uh, doing this podcast, I was actually listening to your other episodes and I was working on like the packaging design because I was like, oh God, I forgot about boxes. And like, there's so many little things that, mm -hmm. and I mean, a box is not even a little thing, but <laughs> there's so many things no, that, yeah. you know, have to get done. A lot of and since I am technically on my own, they, I, I'm the responsible person that has to do them. <laughs> mm -hmm. So are there any kind of like big, I mean, I'm not big dreams. That's not the right way to ask, <laughs> but like, like some things that you like hope to do in the future in terms of product, like if you wanted to diversify or, or do you always want to keep it kind of small um, in terms of the collections, I guess. I don't know if collections is the right word either. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, they, they technically are collections. And I think I am excited to diversify in terms of like materials and stuff like that. Um, Ooh, that's yeah, cool. because we definitely want to, uh, these are 100% cotton dresses or and shirts that we're offering for this drop or this launch collection. But I mean, I, I don't think people feel so hot about wearing <laughs> cotton in the winter and things like that, which like, I yeah. I also I'm excited to find different materials that we can use for different weather conditions and whatnot. So I mm -hmm. think exploring different materials and different decorate like decorating techniques, like embroidery and beading and other types of patchworking. Um, yeah, I'm that's excited amazing. for that. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, because that's those are all like ways to kind of like embellish um, existing garments rather than making from scratch right right exactly and just kind of like really change what they look like mm -hmm. that's really cool oh that's amazing and and do you feel like uh, like instagram has played a big role in in getting kind of like the word out there uh, yeah it, it has and if, it is quite frustrating it is I, it I is know, for small brands so i would love your thoughts <laughs> on that <laughs> oh my god starting an account from scratch is like makes you feel so vulnerable you know we're all used to our personal accounts that have you know so many followers all your friends all your family every person that you've met probably in your life is like following your personal and then you yeah. start your little brand or like in your case your podcast and you're like 
cool. I'm starting with 12 followers <laughs> and it feels like, Oh, 100%. It feels like you're not being heard. And it almost feels like awkward to share it with other people because that number, that like followers number, it's like, I don't know why we put so much value into it. Um, yeah, it's but not great. Now I've realized that like every single person who does follow the account is so engaged and so like supportive of our um, brand. And I, I think right now we have like 900 and something, which like technically is still like a, the smallest account no. ever. <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme no. of things you see, like I compare myself, it's, it's hard not to with all these other brands that, you know, have all of yeah. these followers, but you know, when you when it comes down to it, it's like 900 people decided that this was worth their time and they want to see what I have to say and what I have yeah. to put out there. So like, that does feel really rewarding. And, but man, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram is I, a I world. Know. It is crazy how much it changes. And, but there is, there is a logic to all the madness. And like, I think as long as you're consistent and have like a very strong brand voice and are willing to like put yourself out there and share the good, the bad, the, you know, everything in between, I think people really resonate with that. And we'll- Yeah, just being vulnerable. Yeah, and we'll start to engage with that content because it becomes relatable almost. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, in a way you are, like a teacher but also a friend yeah you you get to know these people that are complete strangers but are for some reason you know supporting your project or your brand and it feels really special um Mm -hmm. so i i mean i i don't know i i i think it is a great platform to reach people you otherwise wouldn't but i don't think it is the friendliest or it, it is not built to really help out small businesses and small small creators. Yeah, I agree. Um, the algorithm makes it really, really hard. Like working on a, you know, we've done these like shoots that we've worked so hard on and then posting something and you see like, it's gotten like a hundred people reach. You're like, but I have 900 followers and nope, <laughs> it reached a hundred people and that's all you're getting. And like, that feels so sad, but Right. Then I, no, it's very frustrating. I go back to the thought of like, well, it reached a hundred people. That is a hundred people that saw my post. You kind of have to, because there is no direct um, <laughs> replacement for Instagram for small brands right now. It's almost like if you don't have a presence there, it's especially during this pandemic, which you can't, you know, there's no pop-up markets, no, no real, um, mm. real life place to show showcase yourself. Um, Instagram does become this. So such an important tool. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's like a almost like a validation thing, which is it's shitty that like there's no alternative that is better. Yeah, um, equipped to support smaller people, yeah, like creators and brands. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and but, actually, my personal yeah. account, I was one of those like one percent of people that got their likes like taken away. Like you can't see oh, yeah. how many people have liked your post. So I think in a way that's made, that's been a positive thing for me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I kind of got used to not seeing likes. And even though I can see the likes for the account, the brand account, um, it, they don't, they don't mean as much as they used to. Um, it doesn't yeah, hold this like make it or break it um, feeling that I think we kind of place on whatever we post. And that number. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Who, who do you think is like a Lottie customer? That's an excellent question. And <laughs> um, 
I think, I mean, Lot is definitely for someone that is interested in sustainability. Um, not to say that I want people to buy my product because it is upcycled. I want you to buy my product if you absolutely love it because that, I mean, if you buy, if you don't love it and you buy it, that's not sustainable. So yes, right. if you don't love <laughs> it, don't buy it. <laughs> which is like for, for everything. If you don't love it, don't, don't buy it. Just like generally. Um, but I think yeah. it, I mean, what I love about the, the our collection that we're releasing is that the pieces are for all day wear. I've been wear testing them. And I mean, they're so comfortable, easy to wear. They're super adjustable. So I mean, however your body feels that day, you'll have a little extra room or a little, you know, way to tighten it a little more. Um, so they, they work really well with your body generally. You don't have to feel weird <laughs> about it. Um, yeah. So I... They're important. Yeah, I exactly. <laughs> um, it's it's important for me to, you know, be like the whole one and done mentality. Like I want to look good, but I don't want to have to invest all this time in creating an outfit or, you know, I feel like Loti pieces are very standout just because of the nature of this upcycling and the print and the colors. So mm -hmm. it is a statement piece in itself, but the sh shapes and the silhouettes are really easy to wear. So that combination To me, it's like a girl that, you know, has a long day ahead of her, but <laughs> um, just wants to wear one outfit to everything. I think Loti would fill that um, need. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. And yeah, I mean, California girls <laughs> I, I, from everywhere, <laughs> but I was definitely... I'll, I'll bring back my LA girl. <laughs> I was definitely very inspired by like how um, women dress in California and LA just feels... Yeah, I keep using the word effortless, but I think that's like the most, the word that most describes what I want you to feel when you're wearing the clothes. I love that. That's amazing. Uh, well, yeah, that's so cool. I can't wait. I'm definitely very excited to see it all come to, to live and see how like everyone's supporting it and wearing it. And it's going to be walking around the streets of New York. Ah, I I'm you. so excited. <laughs> oh, man, I cannot wait. I Yeah, uh, it's been a long time coming. I, I actually now I'm like, I cannot believe we're about to launch. <sighs> yeah. Surreal. And then in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Scary, but good. Mostly good. Yes, always. I love your friend's advice. I'm going to keep that yeah, I, I in my back pocket. Challenge yourself. <laughs> Feels good. I definitely yeah. feel like I have done that. <laughs> I have loved learning more about Lot. Yeah, um, <laughs> just, I guess... Fuck fast fashion is all I have to say. And uh, yes, <laughs> we love that. I love that. That, that, <laughs> that feels like a good ending. <laughs> That's like my last message that I want yes. to put out. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks, Loti. We'll be in touch. I can't wait Hi, to see you. So nice to talk to you, Dani. Thank you so much. Gracias por la oportunidad. It's been Bye. lovely. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Lotti. I really loved my conversation with her and I think it's so special what she's creating and building and the amount of work that she's put into making sure that her brand has a positive impact in our planet is just incredible. So if you want to check out the beautiful dresses and blouses and everything that she's making, go check out their website and you can make a pre-order until April 30th. So You can also follow her at shoploti underscore. Um, and yeah, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode and check out at Chevitamin School on Instagram for updates on new ones to come. <laughs>